You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Colt Schnero Chat. The games don't stop and neither do we. I'm Jeremy, I'm joined by Robbie, and guess what? We're talking about another Atletico Madrid loss, this time to Granada. The first time in nearly 50 years, Robbie, that Atletico have lost a league game to Granada. When it rains, it pours. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that Koke's comments after the game about being a little bit unlucky and just things going against them is absolutely true. Um, but at the same time, uh, on the flip side of that, last season everything went right for Atletico with Barcelona losing against Granada, actually, ironically, yep. uh, and, and Real Madrid falling apart. And there was no talk about luck then. It was all about how good Atletico were. And, and that's the way you do. You you you. you you kind of cut your cloth to fit and you whatever suits you um, and and that's the kind of angle you pick and open it from and that's fine but I think that you can talk about luck and I think it was a factor tonight definitely but there's issues there with how Atletico played in that first half and I think on a whole Atletico just haven't been yeah, and you know that. <laughs> yeah. They haven't been good enough this season at all, and they're in a very, very weird place in terms of their evolution as a team and as a squad. It's not really an evolution. It's a de-evolution, if anything, on, on what's been 
based on the play not only this month but in weeks past and, and months past really since the season began with uh, a fun but unconvincing win over Celta and then that weird draw against Villarreal uh, two weeks after that and Atletico just haven't improved as a team like at all and yeah Koke is right to a point that Atletico were very unlucky today uh, they were they were unlucky against Sevilla as well over the weekend uh, but Granada's winning goal on Wednesday came from a Jao Felix shot that hit the base of the post. Ricochets all the way out. Granada have like have just a perfect opportunity to counter from you know long shots, long rebounds. It's the same principle in basketball. Um, Granada just have a perfect opportunity to counter, and Jorge Molina, who is older than Methuselah, just tucks the ball underneath Oblak. It, it's uh, un accidente. Like that's it's literally an accident. It's a, a freak occurrence, but. These freak occurrences keep happening. So it, it's it's systemic in how Atletico are approaching games. And they're approaching games in a way that I can't really parse, Robbie. Yeah, and, and, and like you just said there, the, um, the, or sorry, like we were just saying there, the, like Atletico's, the way that they set up in the first half was, I mean, once, once Joe Felix scored that goal, which is an absolute cracker, by the yeah. way, and Joe Felix, I'm sure we'll talk about him. He was excellent. Yeah, he was. But, but but after that goal, Atletico just sat back, soaked up soaked up uh, the Granada's uh, Granada's possession, and like uh, uh, that'd be fine if you were in control. But it just felt like it was so easy to firstly get the ball out wide and play it into the centre, and for men to be loose, um, and to, uh, Atletico just looked looked. Like you could play through them, and 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 I think that uh, the yeah, like obviously the goal, the second goal was a freak, and uh, but at the same time, Atletico can't defend counter attacks, and I, I I tweeted about expected goals against and and uh, how it doesn't really add up, but at the same time, I think there's a well, my, I I've been thinking about this, and I think that. It's because of how Atletico play and how open they leave themselves when when you do get a run at them, and I think that that's why they're outperforming or underperforming their expected goals against. Yeah, um, and the nerves with defending the counterattack, I, I guess, is one explanation for why Atletico sat back after scoring the opener, uh, despite Granada being one of the worst teams in La Liga defensively. Um, they, they sat back, and that's one way to stop yourself from getting exposed on the counter is to just not press high and not have all the ball. But it's it's counterintuitive, right? Atletico have more than enough talent to make this style of play work. And, yeah, it, it speaks to a team that just doesn't have a clear idea, doesn't have confidence, that doesn't have any of the luck going their way on top of that but it's it's a feature of, of a team that you, sometimes you have to make your own luck and Atletico did a lot of that last season because they played with confidence they knew what they were doing they understood the assignment this season there has been none of that uh, per understats expected goals metrics uh, Atletico had the the edge again in xg in this game Robbie 1.78 to 0.91 and lost two to one uh, per Understats like season-wide metrics, Atletico have conceded 22 goals. Their expected goals against would have been 14.81, and they have underperformed their expected points by more than six points. They would be atop the table uh, by expected points, level on points with Barca. Yeah, but, but at the same time, and here's the counterpoint, Atletico Madrid are awful. 
<laughs> Just frankly, yes. <laughs> no, but, but see, this is what I don't understand because we watched them and, and, and like, uh, so I think, I think, and, and, and I'm actually going to write about this tomorrow because there's a guy called Ben, uh, Tor, I don't know how you say his name, Ben Torvani, and he's a data scientist and uh, he doesn't really post like a lot of stuff, he doesn't write, write all that often, but he does. He When he writes, he writes really kind of interesting pieces and he wrote about um, an article about does XG really tell us everything about team performance and he wrote about how Liverpool outperformed their XG and there was talk at the time of how Liverpool figured out a way to um, or, or, yeah there was talk at the time that Liverpool had figured out how to how to create chances that XG couldn't capture mm. and, I, and I think that on the fl- and I'm, I'm, even before this game even before this game, I was thinking, I was looking at the, and I was in the process of kind of working out this article in my head. So I was kind of talking about how does, um, are Atletico Madrid uh, giving up chances that XG can't capture? And I think that's exactly it, because, and, and, and the reason being is because, so, 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 so Atletico are, uh, in, in theory anyway, not so much in practice, but in theory, they they want to be more possession based, so they're holding on to the ball, and and like and and, and we like Man City will say just for example. Now I know that they're not Man City, but just bear with me for a second there. So we're saying they want to be more like Man City. The problem with it is, is Man City are so incredibly dangerous that when they have the ball, you can think of nothing else except how do we stop them from scoring. With Atletico, they're a possession based team. Fine. But they're not actually creating anything. So the opposition can sit there and they're going, okay, we're defending right now, but we're setting up for a counter here. And and, and, and they're already in the process of uh, thinking about how they're going to counter. With Man City uh, and their counter-pressing, or or Bayern Munich, or whoever you want to talk about, one of those kind of possession-based teams, They are they are so dangerous that you can't think of anything else. You are just solely focused on how do we stop them from getting inside our venti area. But Atletico, it's so slow and laborious that the opposition team is going. We've actually got them. We've got them cornered here. Let them. Let actually, in in a way, the opposition is 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 letting Atletico beat themselves by playing into. They're playing right in into the opponent's hands like and I mean we saw Joe Felix today and he was really excellent which is kind of annoying because he, he he's excellent when he's got he goes out and it's kind of like he's got nothing left to lose like um, and you shouldn't need to be in, in at the point of no return to go out and play well you know which is really annoying he only ever tends to play like this when his back is completely against the wall, and there's criticism, and there's there's talk of him leaving, and there's talk of fighting with Simeone, and he goes out and gives a performance like this to remind us just how good he is. Why can't he do that every single week? Find a way to motivate himself that that doesn't include, that doesn't involve Atletico sinking like a stone. <laughs> and I think that, um, and I think that when he's on the ball. And he doesn't do this often enough, but we saw him tonight. A couple of passes into the penalty area that were just, just completely open. Like he gave one pass in the second half to Luis Suarez. I, I, I didn't even. It was, it was like a, it was like a, tr- a sleight of hand where I didn't even know where Suarez came. I didn't even see like Suarez, Suarez there. Yeah. Move. 
Joe Felix led him perfectly in into the kind of um, into the channel, and and and, and Luis Suarez was an acres of space where he could cut it back. But Atletico don't do that enough. They, they're not they're not dangerous enough. And when when they've got the likes of Koke and 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 uh, players like that on the ball uh, in the middle third to final third, you're looking going, ah, okay, you might create something, but chances are you're not going to. So I'm not really that I'm not really that concerned, and I think that uh, yeah, Atletico don't do a good enough job of creating um, uh, creating enough. Yeah, like it, it's easy to say Atletico should play more like, and this, this is not a criticism of what you were saying. I agree with what you were saying, but you know, it's this is something that like you would routinely see on social media, right? Where like gray areas don't exist. Yeah. Like it, it's easy to say Atletico should play like Man City, or they should play like Liverpool, or they should play. Like Bayern Munich, they should have a, a more a German flavor to their game. When you have to have the certain personnel to make that work, mm-hmm. above and above that, you need to have a coach who so firmly believes in that game plan that he will go to his grave playing like it, um, like no matter what, do or die. Like there are certain coaches like Klopp, Guardiola, etc., who are so wedded to this to their inimitable styles that there there's really there's one way to play. There are different ways you can play within that style but there is one there are different themes but there is one overarching way of playing and right now atletico don't even have that one style to fall back on um it's it's a mishmash it's a hodgepodge and it's yeah you're right I, i looked at koke in this game and the ball was just stopping every time it went to his feet he took 99 touches and completed enough passes accurately sure fine but where are these passes going are they really contributing to Atletico's build-up. The same question can be asked of Hermoso, who's uh, normally such a progressive passer, and the biggest reason why he is out there and starting almost every game is because of his influence in the build-up that we're just not seeing at the moment. Um, so there, there really is is no clear style. Um, on one hand, that, that allows a player like Joao Felix to just go wild, and you mentioned him, so we'll talk about him. He played a great game. Uh, his best of the season, I think. Uh, six shots, two on target. Two of Atletico's three shots on target as a team, which is a really sobering stat. Uh, the goal he scored was just a beauty. Uh, the pass from Lema, the first touch, the turn, and just passes it into the net with his right foot. That's the that's the player we want to see, right? That's the player he's capable of being. It's a matter of why don't we see this every week? Like he, this is a player with a sensational skill set and a really high ceiling, but we just don't see it consistently. And it's two and a half years into his uh, his stint with Atletico, it's getting annoying, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think, like, back to your point about um, Atletico playing, playing like Bayern Munich or Man City, and, and, and yeah, I, I, I use them as... Um, as an example, sure. but I actually don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't care how you play. The point is, Simeone is being is the highest paid manager in Europe. Figure, don't follow, even follow a template. Make your own style. You've been given all. Or not, not. It's not like he's been uh, completely indulged in the transfer market either. But he has been given a good squad. He's been given the players he he seemingly asked for. And, and I mean, obviously, it could always be better, but. Like again, we're we're talking, and I see this kind of revisionism on my part as well in, in many ways because I see people saying, "Well, let's be honest here. How how just how many top class defenders do uh, Atletico Madrid have?" And, and I mean, they're struggling. And at the start of the year, 
Yeah. And maybe I'm attributing things being said that weren't said, but based on my memory, I can remember people saying, the best squad in the Liga, hands down. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, they're not. No, that that's an issue. Manager figuring out not just not just uh, how to play his, what he believes, being pragmatic enough to figure out a way to make it work with the players he does have, and and and, and in a way, in a way, uh, like so you look at players, and, and it's such a weird squad, um, like you look at Hector Herrera, okay? Oh my God, Herrera. And you and you and you look at um, you look at the likes of and I understand we're, we're kind of uh, comparing where uh, the second best midfield probably of all time in Spanish football and one of the best in in, in Europe of all time uh, of Casemiro, Cruz and and, Mo- and Modric and you look at that and say and Tamavinga comes in and he plays in the Cruz role or he plays in the Modric role, or he plays uh, some kind of a combination of the two, or he plays in a different way, whatever. Uh, you look at Herrera, when he plays, the whole structure of the team gets turned around. You play Ferland Mendy, left back, okay? He's out injured. You slot in um, whoever it is, yeah, yeah, um, uh, Alaba can play there, left back. It's kind of much. It, it, it's they're different players. Obviously, they're asked to do slightly different things. They're they're better at doing slightly different things. But it's kind of basically the same. You take out Mario Ramosa and put in Renan Lodi. All of a sudden, every single thing on the field changes for Atletico Madrid. The entire structure of how they're building up, how they're attacking, how everything. And and I just think that it's such a weird combination players uh, and, and, and even, even even like for example Benzema and Jovic okay Jovic is a little bit like um, what I'm talking about in her area he's he doesn't fit into what he, he feels like he's apart from the squad but at least him and Benzema are, are two number nines you look at Cunha and, and Suarez and they're completely two different, completely completely different, different players, players. Right. Um, and, and I just think that uh, yeah I just think that um the squad that Atletico built and what uh, and what they're trying to do is just completely um, confused at the moment, and we're seeing that. And, and I know Koke talks about luck and everything, but I think we're seeing that in how they're playing and the results. Then, and I think, so, sorry, my final point on this is, in time to come, I think it will actually be a nice thing that Simeone went down with Koke. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he's he's staying loyal to him, and I think there's uh, there's merit in that. Maybe not in the short term, but there's merit in 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 that. In that, Koke is this guy, and he's going down with him. And I think that there is um, something in that. But right now, um, I I think that Simeone's previous iteration of Atletico is um, it, it needs to be completely forgotten about, and 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 they need to start fresh. And I think that. Sorry, I've just said that, but but I also think it's impossible because I don't think you can. There's because you can't just wait. We're not men in black with our memory erasers. All that has happened, mm. and and Simeone is the way Simeone is. So I think that Atletico need to start fresh, and and I've been saying that for a few weeks. And it's not a slight on Simeone. I just think that ten years in modern football managing is an outrageously long time, and given how oh what a goal. 
uh, given how successful he's been and everything, he's a legend, an absolute legend. But I also think there's times when these cycles come to an end, and I just feel like this is looking like it for 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 Simeone and Atletico. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, what a goal uh, in Athletic Madrid. They've got three goals now in the first ten minutes. How about that? Um. <laughs> your, your your feet must be like. 30 seconds behind me. Mine, it, it always is. Mine always is. I don't know what it is in the U.S. versus Spain, but my feet is always behind. Um, but you mentioned Madrid's uh, squad depth, and I think that was overlooked entering this season. Um, and I think I, I think I was guilty of it as well, that they've Ancelotti has found solutions. He overhauled the tactical game plan and, and the strategy in October, and they've just been rolling. Um, but they also have more options in midfield. Like, Atletico can bring on Hector Herrera, um, to do really very little, uh, I think it's a good thing his contract is up at the end of the year. He he won't be coming back. He he just he just offers nothing to this team. Um, you look at what Atletico can do in bringing on Herrera, and then Madrid can bring on Camavinga. They can bring on Valverde, who had the hockey assist on Madrid's second goal tonight, um, to just press teams into oblivion. Um, it, it's Atletico have a good have a good enough squad anyway to be better than fifth. Uh, having lost five straight games, I, I think that's that's not really a question. And even looking beyond Madrid, you look at Sevilla and the injury issues they've had and the solutions that Lopetegui has found. I know they were kind of, um, the, the draw with Barcelona on Tuesday was a bit of a weird game, but Jules Kunde was playing it right back. It was great before Jordi Alba goaded him into a red card. Uh, they had two center backs playing as the fullbacks, and Sevilla on another day could have won that game. And they have Rakitic, Delaney, Joan Jordan as midfield options, and they're not even playing at full strength. So the the excuses in in terms of the squad depth, um, good coaches find solutions. I have no doubt that Diego Simeone is a good coach and one of the best in Europe. Uh, but football is cyclical. Uh, there there comes a time for everyone, like father time and, and age. They're undefeated, um, and I think we are now closer than ever to seeing. Cholo Simeone's reign at, at Atletico come to an it, it, It's not just really a reactionary thing. Yeah, they've lost four in a row. That's not good. It's the first time they've done that in over a decade uh, since the old guy, Gregorio Manzano, was in charge. It's not really a reactionary take. They've lost four in a row. They won the league last season, but they weren't impressive in the second half. And all these issues that kind of cropped up in the second half of last season that were not addressed in the window, that were not addressed by the technical staff, that were not addressed on the training ground, are all coming home to roost. And on top of that, you have a heap of bad luck. Um, like, both goals Granada scored in this game were just, I mean, what, what do you do with the Machis goal? Um, I think Carrasco lost the ball and kind of threw up his arms, which he shouldn't have done, of course, but... DePaul misses a tackle, and Machis just places the ball perfectly. We talked about the Molina goal. It's not only Atletico not playing well, but they're not even getting any luck. Um, and the, the luck thing, that's not on Simeone. That's just variance in, in how the game goes. Teams deal with good luck and bad luck all the time, and they either overcome or they don't. But these issues that we're talking about that are systemic in terms of how the team plays – in, in terms of getting the best out of certain players and putting players in position to succeed, that is on the coach. That is on, on the plantilla. That is on recruitment. And it's it's been disastrous. It's looking like a, a failure of a league season already. We're not even at Christmas well, yet. No, yeah, like we're halfway through it now, and, and it is. It's a complete disaster. I mean, how many games have, they, have, you, have you looked at them and said, wow, that was... Maybe once or twice this season when it was like, yeah, that looked completely, um, that was a confident 
swashbuckling display, and I, and I think that I think that um, we we talk about luck, and it's such a hard thing to do because I think that that the that luck is just like um, the result of a thousand like micro little decisions, micro um, um, micro actions, and and and. We 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 can, we, we uh, humans have never been able to figure out just what it is. But I do think that the idea, that, look, like Atletico Madrid for so long, like we watched them for years playing Bayern Munich and and, and teams that were way better than them, and they get results. And any one of those, um, yeah, goals go in or sorry, shots go in or, or or any 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 little stroke of luck goes against them, and the whole. Uh, Simeone rain probably changes so I mean to, to kind of fall back on luck now after so many years of kind of hedge <laughs> riding their luck for uh, I think is a little bit kind of uh, unfair now and that's not to say Simeone has said anything about luck or anything like that either but I also think that um, I also think that uh, the, the reason why the reason why Atletico um, aren't getting luck it is because and I, and I don't want to say that Simeone's lost the dressing room as in he has he uh, there's any kind of aggro there and it, it seems like the players are still playing for him what I mean when I, when I say he's kind of lost the dressing room his message doesn't seem to be getting true as much anymore and and, and, and the reason why uh, and when I say about the thousand micro actions is like the okay so the tactical thing the lack of a plan the lack of certainty and then like we've spoken about before is that you you start to kind of second guess yourself you're in your own head and that's when the concentration issues, concentration issues come about and obviously yeah the the um the the joe felix goal being disallowed was a ridiculous decision oh but yeah we like, haven't even talked about that it. yet that's like the worst decision i've ever seen yeah, it's just it's just complete incompetence from the referee. It's oh my god! And it's just just so weird. The football is such a strange sport. In, in that you look at NBA, NFL, any 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 sport you can think of, and they're trying to encourage higher scoring games and more action. And and and, and for some reason, football seems okay with disallowing that. If a defender clears the ball. If Joe Felix is the defender in that instance and he jumps up to clear the ball in the other direction, can you imagine that was given as a penalty? Never. No. Never. Not ever, in a million ever. years. I mean, no. there'd, be, there'd be riots outside the ground tonight if that happened. And I just think that there's there's some weird, um, it's just a weird um, thing that football has that they give the defender the benefit of the doubt. Like, so often when, I just think it's kind of weak refereeing and, and, dis- and disproportionately this happens in the Spanish league like Premier League refs don't make that call um, I don't watch a, a ton of Bundesliga and Serie A's reliably common but I know in England that that's not that call is ordinarily not given in Spain it's almost always given deference is always given to the defender when Luis Suarez Granada's Luis Suarez at the end of the first half is backing into Joao Felix if anything the foul is on him as Felix uh, hits his header goal bound I, I didn't understand that decision um, it, it just every like possible detail, every possible thing that could go against it, Letty is going against him, and on top of that, they're not playing well. Uh, so it's the, the, it's just looking like they're kind of season. Basically, is basically telling Joe Felix, don't go for that ball. No point in you. There's no way. There's no possible way that you can jump in the air. 
Like, unless he jumps straight up and then hits, like, this vein-popping header into the goal, which is impossible for any player to do, especially one as, as slight as Joao. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's not natural. And he'd also have to... He don't, it's actually dangerous. If he put his hands behind his back and jumped up in the air like that, he's actually looking to hurt himself. Like, because, you know, and, and I just think... Yeah, like, like you said with the Spanish thing, uh, Spanish football, and I know, like, you, you can come back to me in, in five or ten years, and I'm, I'm convinced that Spanish football has a serious issue with refereeing, and they're going to have to address it, because because in the past, football was so popular and, and, and it was fine, There's so, but, but uh, people... The, the, the next generation, I know this is kind of a digression now, but the next generation of so many, uh, uh, it, it, it's almost like arrogance from from uh, the footballing authorities that they're not trying to address this because the younger generation, are, 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 they don't have the attention spans. They want action. They have, they have a million different options to, 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 to tune into whatever it is that they want to tune into. And, and, and the refereeing, it's just... Why aren't you encouraging attacking football? And and this diving and time wasting and, and you even hear it on the commentary like oh he earned that foul and well done oh yeah he's got it. No, like you're you're cheating. You're actually cheating <laughs> by diving on the ground and rolling around pretending that you're injured. You're cheating. And and then you see you see like players go down and and, and this. I'm convinced. Another thing I'm convinced of. <laughs> that is a bit silly, but uh, players who kick the ball out. When a player's on the ground, should be booked for time wasting. Yeah, because because un, okay, unless it's like a head injury, but or, but if you break your ankle, okay, if you break your ankle, there's there's no difference in between a medic coming on to see you for ten se- ten seconds before or ten seconds after. Do you know what I mean? And this idea, the whole game gets broken up when when they um when 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 a player goes down and rolling around on the ground like it's embarrassing stuff, and and you see. I, just, I don't know, I just, and it's just completely accepted, and it's just so weird because it's. Uh, but anyway, that's nothing really got to do with tonight. We didn't see too much of that tonight. But I just think in any other sport, in any other, and, and and I don't like talking about sports like a product or like a brand or that. But any other, any other product will say would be encouraging the referee. No, give the goal. Like we need more action. We want more highlights. We want more. Uh, talking points like that you know it's mm. a talking point now but it's not in a good way you know no really none of what we're talking about it <laughs> is particularly good from an atletico pov uh but the refereeing is it, it's a it's a tired topic and it, it's an easy cop-out for a lot of fans and a lot of pundits and observers to just blame the refereeing but in spain it genuinely is a crisis and it doesn't look to, to my eyes like it's going to be solved anytime soon when the former head of referees saying that this generation is the best one that's ever come through Spanish football. Like, what game are you watching? It's it's a genuine crisis that the referees, they're not for or against any one team. Like, when the big teams are at home, okay, there's a tendency slash temptation to give more calls their way. But the, the referees are not flagrantly for or against Madrid or Barcelona or Atletico. They're just really bad. Like, it's... They give the idea, the perception of, of being of showing favoritism because they're just really bad at their jobs. Um, and yeah, th- there was a, a call tonight that took away what looked like a, a perfectly legal goal for Atletico. Um, but then Atletico had the entire second half to, to rebound, Robbie, and, and they, they didn't do it. Again, only three shots on target for the entire game. Uh, you're not going to win very many games doing that. 
Um, a couple more things to talk about. Uh, another just two clean sheets in the last 14 for Jan Oblak. Uh, another game where he's gone and conceded twice, although neither was really his fault. I'm going to posit a hypothetical for you, all right? Oblak's 28. His contract is up in the summer of 2023. From what I've I've seen and read, uh, renewal talks haven't, they're at an early stage, an exploratory stage, haven't really gone anywhere yet. If Oblak's poor season continues and no, there isn't really substantive progress made on a new contract in the next, let's say, three, four months, would you consider selling Oblak next summer? With the year left on his contract. Yeah, well, it depends on what you're going to put. Again. So I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's a silly kind of a comment, but it, it depends on what you're going to get from him, and, and it, it depends on what direction Atletico are going in. It depends on how they assess whether this form is uh, is, is is here to stay or whether it's uh, just he, he he's kind of not entirely comfortable. And and, and I guess it's, it's, it's kind of down to... Um, uh, all black as well. What he wants to do in, in many ways, whether he because if he's not going to renew, or like I mean, he can't lose twenty nine year old Jan Oblak for nothing in the in, in a year's time. So uh, right. I think I think yeah, like, yeah, I don't know what motivates these guys or anything, but I mean Jan Oblak, I would imagine has enough money to keep him going for the rest of his life. So he's been at Atletico now for however uh, many years. Has won. He hasn't won the Champions League, but won pretty much everything else with, uh, or competed at the highest level with Atletico for long enough now that maybe he does want to challenge. And like we're talking about Simeone and Cyclical and things like that, maybe it's time for Jan Oblak to search for a different challenge. And I know that's really, really hard to replace uh, a, a goalkeeper, but, um, uh, but uh, especially with Oblak's quality, but... I think if if the right offer came in, yeah, like I mean, I'd be open to that. But the, but the other thing, well, I'm I'm a bit more like um, I'm a bit like kind of like Daryl Morey or Monchi or someone there. I well, I think I'd be selling everyone if I was a sporting director. <laughs> but but actually, I wanted to I wanted to actually ask you a question and, and see what you think about this. Is part of Atletico's poor form down to the fact that Jan Oblak can't play as well with his feet as do Atletico need? A goalkeeper who is better with his feet to give them an extra dimension. Oh, that is a good question because that—that is the probably the one weakness to Oblak's game is yeah. that he's never been a very yeah. good distributor. Like you're never going to confuse Oblak with like Neuer or Ter Stegen, even though Ter Stegen has not been very good for the last couple of years himself. But you're never yeah. going to confuse Oblak with with a sweeper keeper. Um, that's an interesting question, yeah. and and I yeah I, I think Atletico need to be looking for really any kind of solution at the back that will make them more solid and more reliable and and playing out of the back and Oblak's distribution has been pretty spotty throughout his career um his his long goal kicks aren't ordinarily that accurate uh he's really good at catching the ball and throwing it back into play but his his long distribution has always been kind of a question mark Atletico have usually been able to play through it though that it hasn't always been much of a problem but now with where with Atletico's squad construction and with the with the, with the uh, with the template with how it looks with more attacking profiles and less sturdy defensive Godin type players in defense, yeah, I think I think Oblak's distribution that, that is a really good question. I think it probably is an issue because you need to look for any detail 
you've lost four games in a row, um, and your season in La Liga is cratering at the moment. So you need to look for really any kind of solution that will give you like a modicum of improvement. And Oblak at 28 hasn't ever really shown that he is a, a top flight distributor of the ball um, in the mold of like Emmanuel Neuer. So yeah, um, it, it's that's an interesting one. I, I think that would help, right? I think that would help given that Atletico have really only one good distributor from the back and it's Mario Hermoso who has a bunch of other issues to his game. Um, I, I think having... I think that that needs to be an area of improvement for Oblak or whoever Oblak's successor is, the ability to reliably and consistently deliver the ball uh, from your own box, from your own penalty area. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'll tell you another thing. Um, Hermoso was kind of lucky that he didn't give a penalty away on Molina in the first half when he he, kind of just completely unnecessarily hit him in the back. He shoved him, yeah. a soft penalty, but just playing with fire there, man. He does that. Hermoso does that. Like, he's kind of, he's very talented, but he's an infuriating player to watch because he is not even close to, like, the, in the mold of the prototypical Cholismo defender. Like, you're never going to confuse him with a Godin or a Miranda or or even, like, a Savage in terms of how, in terms of the attitude or in terms of the the positioning. Hermoso is really not a very good 1v1 defender. And if he's not contributing in build-up with progressive passing, with his dynamic passing range, what's he doing out there? Yeah, and, and I, I think that, that comes back to the question about, or the, the, the chat about Jan Oblak, in that Simeone probably isn't the right player or right manager to get the best out of Mario Hermoso. Diego Simeone is an absolutely perfect manager to get the best out of Diego Godin. Uh, Jose Jimenez turn him into an elite defender but he's probably not going to uh, accentuate Hermoso's skills and instead he actually accentuates probably Hermoso's worst trait which is his aggressiveness and his kind of his physicality when when Hermoso would be far better off relaxing a little bit and actually being more involved in, and not being asked to go one-on-one as often uh, as he is in better protection but and, and that's the same with Jan Oblak in that can you imagine a, a, a goalkeeper like Manuel Neuer playing under Diego Simeone I mean it, it just, I just can't see that happening and I don't think that uh, and I think that's probably why Jan Oblak has been so good and effective for uh, for Atletico and that he, he's being asked to do everything that he's good at which is just shot stops sorry stop shots from un, from pre, from players under pressure and uh, he's not being asked to pass the ball and he's not being asked to come off his line and sweep and be involved in the build up so so Again, if they were to replace uh, Old Black, it would have to be with a player like Old Black. So it's not going, unless, of course, they do um, uh, completely try to evolve. But I don't think that Simeone is going to. I just don't think he's able to uh, to turn into a more aggressive possession-based defender, or sorry, manager, which with the kind of traits we associate with that risk, high risk taking. Uh, uh, so I, I just, because I think Simeone kind of knows himself at the heart of all this, it's not who he is. And I think we spoke about this before on the pod uh, at depth and uh, about being in, inauthentic. And I think that Simeone kind of, just part of him sitting here during this poor spell saying, 
this isn't who I am and I wish I could just go back to 2013 where 4-4-2 low block was all that was being asked of us whereas now it's we have to do so much more we have to be the one taking the risk and Simeone just isn't comfortable with that so uh, yeah taking like taking a bunch of risks and and pressing high and counter pressing and playing multitude of, of attacking players and demanding they defend with possession that goes against the nature of a pragmatist and Diego Simeone if nothing else is a pragmatist uh, so it, it yeah, doesn't seem like a natural fit at the moment not anymore yeah yeah and, and, and again and then the other thing is is that for a manager who's not inclined to do that like I mean you know yourself Jeremy and, and anyone listening to this knows it says you tend to kind of focus on and think deeply about the things that you're good at and the things that you like to do and, and the way that you see the world. The likes of Pep Guardiola, who, who is steeped in a certain tradition, for example, he thinks deeply about how to press, how to, how to win the ball back as quickly as possible. He knows instinctually, he's thought about it so much that he's on another level, where he's, whereas, whereas Simeone hasn't. And, and you can see that in the way Atletico play. Their press is disjointed because it's coming from a manager who... Doesn't, who doesn't press. They have no press. No, Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of Suarez kind of egging people on to maybe join him but it's all completely individualistic it's not a systematic approach and I think that uh, I think that um, yeah w- w- what we're seeing is a, a, a mixed kind of a, uh, a mixed performances because the message is mixed and they're, they're, they're not entirely sure what they're doing and at this level even just 1% of doubt and you're, you're finished Teams that absolutely, even the worst teams in the league will absolutely eat you alive. Yeah, Granada is sitting 15th entering this game, which is four wins in their first 17 games. They're now up to 12th, unbeaten in their last five because they smell blood. And it, it's an attitude problem as well, in addition to uh, the, the press or the lack thereof, or the form of certain players. Like, collectively, there is a lack of confidence. And collectively, the, we talked about this over the weekend with the Sevilla game. They're... they're how on earth can Atletico get the first goal in inside two minutes? It takes 90 seconds for Joao Felix to put Atletico ahead. How can you really rationalize then sitting back and letting Granada yeah. play through you when you know you are a weak defensive team? Why don't you go get the second goal or the third goal and put this game away before halftime? With the way Felix looked in that first half, uh, he was sensational, I thought. Again, I thought his best game of the season. With the way he looked and with, with Suarez needing to get a goal for his confidence, he hasn't scored a goal in six weeks. Like, I, I just cannot really rationalize or, or come up with mm. with a justification. And another, and another thing that makes like teams like Man City so successful is, is the physical aspect. Atletico, in almost every game lately, looks second best physically. Like, the team's level in terms of, like, their fatigue and in terms of, like, um like their speed in terms of how quickly they're playing and how they are stacking up in aerial duels, etc. Physicality uh, has been a mess for them this season. Other than like the first few games, Atletico have been second best physically in most of the games they've played this season. And that, for a, a fitness guru like Profe Ortega, that is a pretty damning indictment on him and, and the physios. Yeah. But, but I, I also, that's because, again, coming back to Simeone, losing a certain amount of uh, authority in the dressing room because you're looking at players like Joe Felix, and I know that, that there hasn't been any outright dissent, there hasn't been any outright kind of fallings out. But at the same time, Atletico Madrid, 
when we say that they don't have the best squad in the league, they could have the best. What I'm talking about is having a good squad is pointless if they're if it's not built. Like you, like look at PSG, the, the amount of talent they have, and yet it's disjointed. It's, yeah. There's no clear plan, and 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 so so coming back. Uh, from from the start of the season saying oh it's not well their squad isn't that good no 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 it's still the same squad on paper this is still an excellent squad the problem is they're not being fit into a, 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 any kind of a tactical setup so so, so and, and Joe Felix is sitting there Joe Felix Luis Suarez uh, any, Rodrigo de Paul all of them are sitting there and they're, they're talking and they're sitting there going we're better than this why are we, the champions of Spain, in the last 16 of the Champions League, sitting back against a Granada team that were relegated? Now, I know they've gone on, 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 a, on, a, on a bit of a, uh, a, run, a winning streak, but a Granada side with maybe one star, two, and not stars within, within uh, relatively speaking here, they've maybe two stars, and then a bunch of players who are obviously excellent in their own right, but with no standout players. Joe Felix, Luis Suarez, all those players are sitting there or on the pitch and they're in the dugout, they're in the dressing room after saying, why are we sitting back against this team? And, and, and that, you're looking at Simeone going, I know he's a legend. I know he's won this and he's won that. And I know he's, I mean, he's got, he's got the credentials. He's got the the playing experience. He, he knows what he's talking about. But I wonder, does he actually know what he's kind of doing at the moment? And I think that, and I, again, that comes out in the performance. We see it in the performance. With, and yeah, I think with, that that's why. With, yeah, and with I just, each I mean, loss, I, I, I've said the same thing about fifteen different ways. Now, <laughs> Jeremy, am I getting my point across? You're almost there. Maybe a couple more losses, we can really fine tune it. But so, no, you're right. It, it's it's leaking through the the teams the teams' performances. It's leaking through in the the team's lack of confidence and the attitude, and it's it's just a mess. It's been a horror show. Like I didn't think we'd be having a a Jan Oblak debate really at all, but you know we we have that earlier, and I have a couple more stats for you on Oblak. Uh, he has. Uh, conceded 22 goals from 44 shots. That's a save percentage of 50%. That is the worst in La Liga after he saved 80% of the shots he faced last year. Um, he also, this was entering today's game, ranks fourth worst for post-shot expected goals in Europe's top five leagues. So that's goals actually conceded versus the shot quality of those shots. And Oblak entering today's game, I'm sure it's it's going to look worse after today's game, Conceding uh, six more, sh- uh, conceding six more goals than he otherwise would have been expected to concede. That's according to Football Reference. Oof, like uh, yeah. it's, it's it's really a, a, quite the fall from grace in such a short period of time. Seven months ago, he was literally named La Liga's MVP, and now statistically, he is one of the worst goalkeepers in La Liga and in Europe. It's unfathomable, almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's Oof. kind of weird because I, 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 and this is why I find the the kind of intellectual challenge of stats and analyzing football so interesting because y- you look at um, you look at uh, Jan Oblak and it's really hard to measure a goalkeeper's worth and because because I, I remember years ago and this was before like 
we, we, we really ever started talking about statistics, I remember my mind was completely blown because we were, there were people were talking about Rio Ferdinand moving to Manchester United, I think it was. That's how long ago it was. It was years ago. Oh, yeah. And wow. we were like, and when we were talking about um, we were talking about how oh his 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 tackling statistics he doesn't tackle like he he doesn't tackle that often, and someone some someone was like no but the reason why he doesn't tackle is because he's so good at avoiding being getting put into the position where he even needs to tackle mm. and I was like oh my god this is my mind was blown at the time <laughs> I was like that's, that's so interesting but but basically that's what that's what we're we're looking at here like I mean. Just because a guy doesn't have incredible numbers doesn't mean he's he's uh, he's ama- he's awful. But having said that, just because because a guy has got amazing numbers doesn't mean that like Jan Oblak, and and I'm not I, I don't want to take away what Jan Oblak has done in the last number of years for Atletico. Some of the saves are outrageous, but maybe this kind of regression back to a, a kind of a normal, maybe this is who he is because Atletico are slightly more open and Jan Oblak. Is look is the same goalkeeper, and and this is where, I mean, how how much value do you put on a goalkeeper? Uh, like if you, if you leave a goalkeeper wide open, the very the uh, the very best goalkeepers in the world are going to look poor, and um, and this this comes back to the whole idea of of this expected goals thing, where are Atletico just con- conceding really 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 difficult and. Um, Difficult chances to stop, and um, I don't know, man. I just think it's. Uh, I think that the whole like uh, right now we're seeing we're seeing an Atletico Madrid that is. It's hard to kind of parse exactly what is form, what is what they're being asked to do, and what is um, is uh, just bad luck and concentration, mental issues, whatever it is, and we have to kind of figure out which one is real. We don't have to figure it out, and we probably never will figure it out, but that's the question we're asking. Is it because Jan Oblak is suddenly not very good? Is it a confidence issue? Is it uh, uh, yeah, being, being asked to do something that he hasn't been asked to do in a very, very, very long time, and he's feeling nervous? Is it a, is it the message from the coach? Is that, is that making him nervous? I don't know. Like, um, is Luis Suarez finished, or is it because Atletico Madrid don't get the ball quick enough and they don't create enough chances? If Atletico Madrid were, were were getting the ball into the box frequently enough, and and I, I could talk about Man City, like I'm not, I, I, I'm just using them as an example. But if you if if Luis Suarez is playing for Man City right now, in 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 a, in a semi limited role, and they were just crossing the ball, those kind of cutbacks they do. Would he still be at the level he was t- two years ago? And, and and there would be no talk of this decline. And this is what makes football so fascinating. And, and this is what makes decision making football fascinating. This is what makes this is what makes football <laughs> for me go around because it's kind of trying to figure those things out. And, and um, for me right now, I think the, the the start and end of everything is Atletico's lack of a plan. And uh, I think we can't really. Uh, uh, judge players too, too harshly uh, until Atletico figure out who they are, who they want to be, and then within that system we can judge them based on that. But right now, you're judging, you're judging Marcos Llorente as a right wing back and as a midfielder and as a 
and as an attacking wide player sometimes and I just it's impossible and I think it's impossible for them even to kind of know where they fit well in that vein Robbie let's try to name a couple new year's resolutions for Atletico what we'd like to see doesn't necessarily have to be 100% feasible but it's somewhat realistic what we would like to see the, the team do in 2022 to have any chance to make this a successful season. Um, right now, Atletico sit fifth in La Liga, uh, still only one point off the Champions League places. Uh, they will play your beloved Rio, and we will talk all about that uh, in, in a few days' time. Uh, that's the first game after the break, uh, then a Copa del Rey game against Rio Mahada Honda that will also be at the Wanda Metropolitano. So what's one or two New Year's resolutions you have for Atletico? Ooh, um, yeah, I think the first New Year's resolution is no yellow cards. Oh, or no, not in the first half. No silly yellow cards. <laughs> because we saw today Rodrigo de Paul getting a yellow card. And I know he plays right on the edge all the time, and it's kind of you're, you're kind of playing with fire, but so many times this season we've seen games conditioned by. Uh, early, he got that early yellow card for a hand in the face of Darwin matches and then for the goal he couldn't actually close him down properly because he was thinking if I put my foot in here and he goes down it's a second yellow a second yellow in the first half and I'm athlete, and, and like we've got no one really to replace me like Marcus Llorente isn't there so and, and this is this is what I'm talking about and this is just the, the, the same thing with like Hermoso getting and, and, and again I think this might be why this comes back to my point again about the tactics in that they're so nervous about being caught on the counter that and they're and they're getting put in situations where a foul means a card and I and I think that uh, I I think that yeah try to avoid early yellow cards and try to avoid city freeze but the big one is for Simeone to, to find, uh, find a tactical system. Although I don't know if that's a resolution, more a, a kind of a, a goal or a, an objective. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my resolution uh, is going to be to sign not one, not two, but three new defenders. Um, combined over, at least, combined over the winter and the summer transfer windows. Uh, Atletico once again needed to place uh, Jeffrey Kondogbia in central defense in this game. And I thought Kondogbia did fine. Um, he played Jorge Molina onside for the game winner, but he's also a converted central midfielder. You can't expect him to go in and, and become like Beckenbauer, you know, all of a sudden. You can't expect him to just become an ace center back. Um, Jose Jimenez and Stefan Savage have, have proven over the course of several years that they are they will not be available for every game, Jimenez especially. And even when they are, Atletico this season continuing to leak goals whether they're there or not. So... Central defense competition is required, and I think the club needs to invest significantly in that area of the pitch. I think Andrea Berta, the sporting director, made a fundamental error in not addressing it over the summer, instead choosing to splurge on Cunha, Griezmann, DePaul. Um, Simeone also shares some of the blame in this, too, because he has a say in how the squad in the squad composition. But the, the resolution I'd like to see is they bring in three new defenders to compete there. Um, preferably one of them also has experience at fullback because I think uh, guys like Trippier and Lodi are not long for this team. Trippier is going to go either in the winter or the summer, 
and I don't think Renan Logi is going to be too far behind him. I think he needs more playing time and experience than Simeone is currently offering him. So get, get in three new central defenders and really emphasize that area and turn it back into a strength. Um, because part of, as we've discussed on this show and on others recently, part of what's been ailing Atletico is the bad luck, but the bad luck and that wild variance is coming because the system of play is not defined and because there just there isn't enough competition in defense. There isn't there aren't enough really sturdy hands available in defense. So bring in multiple new central defenders. If you have to invest, make it happen. If you need to make a big sale, then make a big sale. Um, I don't think it's really out of the question. I don't think Atletico should be banging down other teams' doors like, hey, can you take Jan Oblak from us? But I don't think it's out of the question that if renewal talks are difficult or they prove to be difficult, I don't think it's out of the question that he's put on, on the on the transfer list b- before yeah. next season. If, if he doesn't, you don't want to let him go for free. That is one guy you don't want to let go for free. So I, I think we are looking at at least one big sale um, the Morata and Saul situations as well will need to be solved. My second resolution is to find a buyer for Alvaro Morata because I think that could be a uh, that could be a cool Lebron. That could be a soap opera next summer. Yeah, yeah. If they don't find no, one, that's for a good him. one. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and and you do have Saul. It looks like he's going to be coming back, and maybe he comes back and kind of fixes something. But again, it's, it's not going to really matter because they've already got three players who. Who kind of do the same thing in, in Rodrigo de Paul, Saul, and Llorente. Although, having said that, if, imagine if you could like play a uh, midfield three of Llorente, de Paul, and Saul. Oh man, you, That'd be you're good. looking at just complete and utter demolition of teams by pure running and energy. Like, yeah, if if I if I had faith that the Saul of 2016, 2017, 2018 is coming back, I'd be all over that. But I don't know if. We're going to see that Saul again. I don't know. Yeah, hasn't been a fun. It hasn't been a fun time for him at Chelsea. Has not been good. Yeah, no, definitely. And it was always going to be difficult moving into uh, into uh, uh, Champions League winning side. And I thought he was going to be really good. And I still, yeah, I guess I still hold some hope that he'd be back. But I, I don't know where that's going to be, and I don't know when 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 it's going to be. But I really hope it is, man, because. Him in his in his prime back when he was kind of at his prime, he was just so much fun to watch. And yeah, this, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. Well, uh, no shortage of storylines, no shortage of narratives as the first half of the season comes to a close. Atletico have ten days off. Perhaps mercifully, they will have a week and a half off before returning to play uh, on the second of January against a fourth place. I know you can't believe it either, Robbie. Fourth place, Rio Vallecano at the Wanda Metropolitano for a mini derby. In the meantime, we are going to sign off. Uh, Thank you all for listening and your support over the course of this calendar year. Robbie Dunn, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely no problem, Jeremy. I'll chat to you in 2022. Yeah, we will talk soon. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas and a, a Merry Christmas to our listeners for those of you who are celebrating. In the meantime, we will have content on IntoTheCalderon.com, on social media, and on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Colt Chanero Chat. I will be doing a mailbag for 5 and $10 Colt Chanero Chat amigos tomorrow. So uh, be sure to uh, look out for that. Thank you again for listening. Adios.